Before we dive into today's episode, I want to tell you about a free three-act worksheet to help you structure your story. Whether you're a plotter or a pantser, a novelist or short fiction writer, this three-act worksheet will help you navigate your material and even begin each new story with a better plan. Download yours at nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. Stop getting stuck in the middle of your draft. Go grab this free worksheet, nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. Now you do not have to use every piece of feedback. Don't revise by committee. If you get 11 pieces of feedback from your workshop, you might only find three of those useful. You have to be selective. You can consider all of the feedback. You can even consider most of it, but use what's relevant. Discard the rest or put it in your back pocket in case you need it. You get to call the shots. It's your vision. The best way to revise, the best way to implement feedback is not to follow every piece of feedback blindly. Writer Unleashed is for you, a writer who has a story you want to bring onto the page and into the hearts and minds of readers. I'm Nancy Pinuccio, writer, editor, and writing coach. And each week, we'll explore techniques, mindsets, and inspiration for writing stories readers can't put down. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's begin. What separates published authors from non-published authors? Do they have something you don't have? Do they have more talent, more time, more money? The answer is no. They have a different mental construct. What they have is perseverance. Despite obstacles, despite challenges, writing is not easier for them. Writing is hard. Published authors have spent years sharpening their storytelling skills, and it wasn't easy. Now, by perseverance, I don't just mean that they keep plugging away on their manuscript despite rejections. There's more strategy and mindset to it than just forging ahead despite your 60th rejection. Many aspiring writers quit when they get to the frustrating, difficult work of actually writing and revising their manuscript. They think it should be easier, that the story should just flow out of them, And when it's not easy, they think they don't have enough talent and they give up. They don't realize how much practice it takes. So you have an ideal vision of your story. And when you don't reach that ideal, even after many rewrites, you start to wonder if you have what it takes. But you wouldn't have the dream to write if you didn't have what it takes to do it. So if you have the desire to write, you already have the talent. But talent is not enough. More than talent, you need to cultivate skill. 
Now, aspiring writers make a few fatal mistakes that eventually stop them in their tracks. They either write in a vacuum, so they pound away at their manuscript, sometimes for years, and they never put it out in the world for feedback. They never seek feedback. I get it. It's terrifying to put our ideas out there. It's our baby. And we don't want anyone hurting our baby. Because what if we hear that it's not as good as we hoped? It's deeply uncomfortable. It's nerve-wracking. And when we hear that our story needs more work, it can be dispiriting. But it doesn't have to feel that way. And we really have to be selective about who we share our work with. It's got to be a safe space. More about that in a minute. But you don't want to go it alone. If you're going to have any shot at publishing, you'll need to get feedback but it's got to be the right feedback and you need to be selective about what feedback to implement. Other writers are on the opposite side of the spectrum. They ask everyone and anyone for feedback. They'll enlist their family or their friends. They ask for beta readers. They'll bypass hiring an editor, which I totally understand because good editors are a huge investment. So they'll hunt and peck for different ways to bring their manuscript to a publishable caliber. I see this happening most often in Facebook groups. Writers will sometimes share their opening pages, or they'll share a description, or they'll ask a question about showing versus telling, for example. Now, they may get bits and pieces of good advice, but it's hard to separate it from all the noise. In many Facebook groups where there's no one skilled administrator monitoring and offering feedback, it's kind of the wild, wild west, thousands of writers giving advice. But the majority of that feedback is not useful. It can send you down the totally wrong path. Your friends and Facebook cohorts don't know what to look for, let alone how to guide you on how to improve your story. It is useful to see how readers respond to your work, absolutely, but especially on Facebook, they're not always kind. Giving quality feedback is a skill. A lot of advice is generic and conflicting. Most of it is surface level advice, or it's canned, recycled advice that they heard somewhere else. But the majority of it isn't at all useful. In fact, I think it can derail you. And then we have writers who binge on podcasts or they read books on craft. They're getting great advice, but again, they're hunting and pecking all over the place to find ways to improve their writing but it's information overload. And different podcasts and different books on writing have vastly different approaches. And when you're trying to get your arms around too much advice, the writing becomes overwhelming and complicated. And it's a hodgepodge. It's random bits and pieces, but it's not a clear roadmap. And so you wind up with this patchwork of a story you'll never sell. No one's going to read it, except maybe your friends and relatives. And it leads you further astray from the story you originally intended to tell. 
you wind up writing a shell of the story you originally envisioned. And that's why you want to give up. Not because it's hard. It is hard. But what happens is you lose touch with your own vision of your story. And when you're disconnected from your vision, it's deeply ungratifying. And that's why you give up. So let's talk about what published authors do differently so you can apply this to your practice and stop getting sidetracked. Number one, get qualified feedback. Now, this could mean you work one-on-one with an editor. Now, I'm not talking about copy editing or line editing here. I'm not going to go into a lot of depth here on what an editor does and what they typically charge, but two episodes to listen to, episode 98, Should You Hire an Editor, and episode 101, A Four-Step Strategy for Self-Editing Your Story. Episode 98, Should You Hire an Editor, Episode 101, A Four-Step Strategy for Self-Editing Your Story. I'll link you up in the show notes. Now, editors are a big investment, but they know what to look for and how to steer you in a direction that keeps your story focused, fluid, and powerful. But a low-cost way to invest in your writing and get quality feedback is to enroll in a workshop. In a workshop, the feedback is guided by the teacher. So your peers are learning how to give more quality feedback. It's a safer container. And you're getting skilled feedback from the teacher. You're also becoming better able to see where the possibilities for improvement are in your own story. You get better at identifying what needs improving. You're learning from your fellow writers. You're learning from what they do well and what they're currently not doing so well. In a good workshop, you're learning a foundation for good storytelling. You're learning how to read like a writer, which is the best way to teach yourself how to write. Now, I'm planning an online workshop for a limited number of writers. We'll be meeting on Zoom, so I'll announce that in the coming weeks. In the meantime, we have a free Facebook group where I answer all your writing questions. Writer Unleashed Community. Totally free. Writer Unleashed Community. It's a small select group. You have to answer a few questions to be invited in. I'll link you up in the show notes but you're going to invest time and money. By getting quality feedback, you'll cut that time considerably and you'll be taking your raw talent and honing it into the skills you need to bring your story to a publishable caliber. The alternative is you're going to rewrite in circles around and around and around. You're gonna get more lost, more overwhelmed, and you'll never finish. This is why so many writers quit. They quit before the magic happens. So don't go it alone. Get feedback from people who are qualified. Giving feedback is a skill. It requires knowing what to look for and how to give concrete suggestions on how to bring your story closer to what you envision. So number one, seek quality feedback. Number two, implement the feedback. 
Published authors revise over and over and over. They know that writing is rewriting. So once you have feedback, you want to implement it. This means that you're going to have to let go of elements that aren't working. Characters and scenes, details and passages that aren't serving the story. Now, a common thing I see with most beginning stories is too much information, too many characters, too many storylines, too much backstory, extraneous scenes and words. Writing a story is like composing music, and that takes practice and pruning. Now, we all want to hear that our story is great and that with a few small tweaks, we can send it out for publication. But in the early stages of writing your story, that's probably not what you're going to hear. And by the way, published authors don't hear that either in the early stages of writing their books. Guidance on how to improve your work is normal. It's a given. It's not proof of your failure. It's a testament to your work's possibilities. Now, you do not have to use every piece of feedback. Don't revise by committee. If you get 11 pieces of feedback from your workshop, you might only find three of those useful. You have to be selective. You can consider all of the feedback. You can even consider most of it. But use what's relevant. Discard the rest or put it in your back pocket in case you need it. You get to call the shots. It's your vision. The best way to revise, the best way to implement feedback is not to follow every piece of feedback blindly, even if you're working with an editor. Working with an editor should be a collaboration, a conversation. The best way to implement feedback is to get back in touch with your original impetus for writing this story. What is it about this story that refuses to let you go? What fascinates you about this story? Why does it matter to you? Whenever you're in doubt about your commitment or your head is spinning from too much information or conflicting feedback from different people, Get back in touch with your deep why. Trust your instincts. And number three, set achievable concrete goals. Make your goals smaller and more concrete. Published authors measure their goals properly so they can finish a story they're proud to put out into the world. They have concrete goals as they move through the revision process. You know, I recently heard about a book by Dan Sullivan called The Gap and the Gain. I haven't read the book yet, but here's the gist of it. You have your ideal vision of your story and where you are now. So if you think of your ideal vision as the horizon, there's going to be a gap between where your story is now and where you want it to be. But that ideal is not the same as a goal. That ideal is the inspiration to set the goal. You feel it emotionally, and that's what sets the goal in motion. But when we're measuring where we are now 
against our ideal vision, we're bound to get discouraged and lose motivation. So you have this ideal vision of how you want your story to be, and you're constantly comparing yourself to published authors or other writers that might be further along. But you don't see the years of work that went into writing that book. You don't see all the weekends spent rewriting and refining the craft. There were countless stories that didn't succeed. You don't see any of that. You only see the highlight reel. So if you think of your ideal vision of your story as the horizon line, and you keep moving towards that horizon line, well, that horizon line keeps moving away. It's not really there. It's not concrete. However, if we look back, we see how far we've traveled in pursuit of that horizon. Well, now we feel a lot better because we can only see our progress by looking back. We can't see it by looking forward. Now, so many of us quit things we're initially passionate about because we're measuring where we are now as an aspiring writer, as an aspiring dancer, musician, etc. We're measuring where we are now against our ideal vision, the horizon. That means you're working in the gap. When you measure against your original idea, you don't see your progress. You don't see how much you've actually achieved. If you measure forward toward your ideal, you're going to be discouraged by how far you have left to go because ultimately the ideal is a constantly moving target and it's not achievable because it's not even concrete. The key to staying inspired and motivated to go the distance is to look backward to your starting point and measure from there to where you are now. That way, you can see all the growth you've made. So you want to focus on the gain. Published authors stay out of the gap and they focus on the gain. The goal is an achievable destination. So make your goals smaller and more specific. Specific goals could be, I'm going to work on this particular scene or series of scenes today. I'm going to work on shaping this scene, giving it a clear intention and structure. Or today I'm going to work on sculpting my opening paragraphs sentence by sentence. Progress happens in increments. It doesn't happen in big leaps. So give yourself some grace here. Give yourself some credit. Okay, let's recap. The most important thing that published writers have is not talent, not time, it's perseverance. If you aspire to publish, number one, get feedback from someone who's qualified. Either get feedback from an editor or story coach or Join a workshop with a skilled teacher. Don't crowdsource. Number two, implement the feedback. When you get qualified feedback, you are going to love revision. You'll have clear instruction on the most important things for you to do next. And number three, set achievable 
concrete goals. Stop staring at the horizon, your ideal vision of the story. Don't focus on how far you have to go. Celebrate how far you've come. So what I'd love for you to do sometime today is to go back to an earlier draft of your story, maybe even your first draft. Or if you're just starting something new, look at something you wrote a year ago or maybe even several years ago. I want you to start acknowledging the progress you've made. I think you're going to be amazed. And I say that because I work with some of you privately and I keep all of your drafts as you move through revisions. So I see the progress that you make and it's extraordinary. And I want you to see that too. All right. I hope you loved today's episode and found it valuable. If you know another writer who needs a little love and support, please send them my podcast. Again, thanks so much for tuning in and I'll see you next week, same time, same place. Talk to you soon.